Okay, we are back. This is week three of college football. And let me just tell you, last Saturday, it felt like a football weekend. You know what I mean? I woke up Saturday morning. There was a little crisp in the air. It was a little chilly. I went over to my buddy's house. He uh, he smoked a pork tenderloin. Shout out Hayden Beckwith. He's our week zero sicko correspondent. Uh, and it just, it just felt like college football. It felt good. Cade, how was your college football experience last Saturday? It was great. I'm glad it's back. You know, more than week zero, full force. A lot of great games. I'm sure we're going to talk about it because that's what we do. But it was awesome. Honey, what were you, what were you doing over the weekend? Guys, I didn't get to watch much football oh. this weekend. If you believe it, I had to be a girl this weekend. I was at a bachelorette weekend, so it was a lot of fun, but not much football. Caught some of the Tennessee game, but that was the what only game. thing on at the time. What a game to catch, for sure. Tennessee, mm-hmm. Virginia. Joe Milton throwing like 80-yard bombs. That's what Yep. That's what I like to see. But uh, Ethan, how, how was your college football watching experience? Yeah, it was great. Started with watching Colorado TCU. The day ended with me watching Wyoming beat Texas Tech. It was just a fun Saturday, let me tell you. Ethan is eating not one but two Kit Kats right now as we speak. He's, uh, I don't know if you can hear this over here. Let's, here, get a bite. Get a bite of that. Let me try and do the Kit Kat commercial. Yeah, I didn't hear that at all. Uh <laughs> We'll we'll edit that out in post. But yeah, I have a I have a lot of notes here. We're just gonna kind of run through all these notes and chime in. Chime in when you want, by the way. We're gonna start off with and Honey and I agreed on this last week that if Colorado beats TCU, that's gonna be the story of the week. It sure is. Is absolutely the story of the week. Most people were wrong. Like I think Pat McAfee was the only one that I've seen on anywhere that had Colorado beating TCU. What do you guys think about Colorado's week one win against TCU? Is it is it an indicator of the rest of the season for Colorado, or is TCU not as good as we thought they were going to be? What, what do we think it is? I think TCU is not as good as we thought they were. I mean, one, we knew they weren't going to be as good, to be honest. I mean, they only returned three starters. It's still impressive that Colorado won, but I also could see them losing to Nebraska this week. Hey, that might be a bonus pick game that we have. I just want to throw that out there. My big thing is – when I was thinking about this game, I was like, well, you know, I, th- I think Dion's going to get it done, but it's just going to take him a while. You know, Colorado went one and 11 last season. And this is only, this is only the same Colorado team in name alone. I mean, he brought in what 83 plus transfers. It's a completely different team. Shadur Sanders is quarterback is, is a new guy. Uh, Travis Hunter obviously is a new guy for this Colorado team. Of course he could turn it around in one week. You know what I mean? But again, I agree with you a little bit, Cade. TCU is not nearly as good as as we thought, but man, what a what a way for Dion to start off uh, his tenure at Colorado. Yeah, and coming out of that ranked, I think that's I uh, still kudos to Dion uh, Dion Sanders for his coaching job because yeah. I don't know he he had them riled up <laughs> at the beginning. I don't know if anyone saw his pregame talk, but I don't know they were ready for it. He's like he he's the newest version of a player's coach. He, he's doing it as well right now as, as as anybody is. He's having fun so far. I'm just curious to see if we look back at the end of the year. There's always, I feel like, that week one game that you walk away with and make huge overreactions. Like right now, we're like, oh, we have two Colorado players in the highest been watched. Let's throw them in the top 20. There's always that one game that you kind of overreact, I feel like, week one. And then by, by the end of the year, you're like, oof, that was 
kind of a miss. For instance, Florida last year over Utah, we walked away from week one like, oh, Anthony Richardson is the truth, and Florida's so back. By the end of the year, they're losing to Vanderbilt. So you just have to see you just have to see what happens, you know. But I mean, kudos to them. That was a great win and that was a great game. I mean, that was good for everybody involved, other than TCU fans, I'm sure. Like that was just a fun game to watch. We'll we'll get back to Colorado for sure. This is what I wrote down. I said most of the Big Twelve sucks. You know, you saw Texas Tech dem- or not demolished, but they lost in Wyoming. You saw Baylor get demolished by Texas State. I thought that was crazy. Uh, one team that did not suck, Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat Arkansas State so bad they made Butch Jones cry. Did you guys see that? Uh, you talking about when he was like kneeling on the sideline? His yes. Player came through. Yeah. In his eyes. And okay. I, I feel for the guy. It's arguably the worst day of his career. I understand. I, I might cry too if I lost 83 to nothing or whatever that final score was. 73, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't really understand because Arkansas State, used to run the Sun Belt. Like, there was an era where it didn't matter who the coach was. And maybe it's just that they just had outstanding coaches. But, I mean, you had Gus Malzahn, Brian Harson, Hugh Freeze. There was one other guy. They had a different coach every year for five years, and they won the Sun Belt most of those years. They were just insane. And then Blake Anderson was there for a long time, but he was still good. He won at least two Sun Belt titles, and he won the division another year. I mean, I just don't understand how the drop-off – sorry, this is just like a random, really in-depth – You're you're an eight-state guy, Kate. I understand a little bit. I just – the drop-off – I understand Anderson, like, they say the recruiting wasn't as good at the end of his tenure, but you can't be this bad. Yeah, Arkansas State sucks. And (laughs) someone on this podcast might have had Arkansas State minus 34-and-a-half, by the way. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought they would lose by less than 34 and a half points, but clearly I was wrong. I was wrong after one quarter. I do think, though, that the Bad Take podcast needs to adopt Wyoming as our team. That seemed like a very fun environment as they beat Texas Tech. Uh, Wyoming just seems like a cool state. Uh, Texas Tech was one of my dark horse teams to win the Big 12. That's clearly not going to happen anymore. So they can turn it around, but kudos to Wyoming. I've got a Biff Pogey update for us, by the way. I've got a Biff Pogey update. His name is actually pronounced Poji. Did you guys know this? No. It's Biff Poji. And I learned this because College Game Day was talking about Biff Poji. By the way, the Charlotte 49ers did beat South Carolina State 24 to 3. And I believe the guy that was calling the game, the color commentator, was wearing a, uh, a sleeveless shirt at one point to show his Biff Poji love. Iowa had more points than Ohio State. What do we think about Ohio State right now, guys? Their offense is lost in the wilderness. Although I will say this, Josh Pate brought up a good point on his show. I think they won 23 to 0 or 23 to 3, whatever it was. They won by three touchdowns. If that game was 42 to 17, would you look at that and say, oh, Ohio State is fine, like compared to a 23 to 3 win just because they have more points on the board? It's a good question. I'm not really bothered typically by low scoring games. I just feel like. Indiana mismanaged before the half that helped Ohio State. They shouldn't have gone for it on fourth and down. They should have punted it, and they probably wouldn't have given up points before the half. I don't know. It's just very different Ohio State than what you've seen. So can they play a different style and still win? And obviously week one, you can't draw too many conclusions. The the biggest upgrade for teams is between week one and week two. So I, I think we'll have a lot more indicator about this team specifically after next week. Keeping in the Big Ten, I just got to say this. If I were a Nebraska fan, 
I would think about ending things. That seems like the most miserable existence of all time. You you take out Scott Frost. You say, this man is a curse. He only loses one possession games, nothing else. He can't do anything else. You bring in Matt Rule. You're like, oh, we got the guy. And what do they do on their first game? They lose a one possession game. What was it? 13 to 10, I think was the final score against Minnesota. They were leading for a majority of that game, but they did it again. I, I don't understand how Nebraska keeps doing this. I mean, I think they're going to be okay. I think Matt Rule's a really good coach. I think there's some overreaction. It's made worse by the fact that they were winning like the whole time. And then Minnesota had an unbelievable drive to score their last touchdown, or I guess their only touchdown. <laughs> and then. I mean, that catch was unreal. And then the fact that Nebraska had the ball with almost no time left, as long as you don't turn it over, you're going to overtime. And then he throws a pick on just like a horrible decision. I think it's the way they lost more than the fact that they lost. I still think they can beat Colorado. Oh, Cade, Cade, I'm with you there. And that might, that may or may not be our bonus pick them in the game. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. But oh, I want to pick Nebraska <laughs> in that one so bad. Hey, kudos to them. Phenomenal volleyball environment last week. The yeah. University of Nebraska set an attendance record for a women's sporting event. So, you know, at least these Husker faithful, if the football team ain't getting it done, they'll find something else to, you know, put their uh, eggs in a basket with. Well, they're definitely going to have to. What was it, over 90,000 fans of that volleyball game last week? That's pretty incredible. Nebraska fans are the best fans. I mean, they. I think in football they have the longest sellout streak of any team. Wow. And they've, been, they've been terrible. And they like their fans are incredible. Shout out to the Cornhuskers. We, we respect Cornhuskers here on the, the Bad Take podcast. Caleb Williams is just over there on the West Coast throwing darts left and right. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know if these throws are real because they are on the Pac-12 network, which definitely does not exist. So I literally just see random highlights every now and then of Caleb Williams having the best throw I've ever seen in my life, but it's on the Pac-12 network. He looks great right now. I'm going to say this guy makes throws that you aren't going to find many other guys. He's making throws that you see on Sundays. He's rolling to his right. He's throwing off his back foot half the time. Off his back foot, throwing darts down the sideline. This guy is insane. I'm going to say this, too. The Pac-12 quarterback conference. It really is. They have some phenomenal quarterbacks in that league right now. And Caleb Williams, it's rare that you see somebody be this talented in college. And he's got to be the front runner right now for Heisman. Well, the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country, which is ironic in their last year here. They're still undefeated against non-conference opponents. And a lot of that does have to do with the quarterback play. DJ Ugalalele, by the way, looked great against San Jose State for for Oregon State. Yeah, this is a this is a great conference. I mean, you got you've got nine, maybe even ten teams that are good there over in the Pac-12. And so, um, yeah, that's 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 a fun conference to keep track of for sure. Chip Kelly, by the way, part of the Hive. He also does not like the new running clock. Did you, uh, Kay? Did you hear what he said? He said, "I hope uh, y'all are selling enough commercials talking about how quick yeah. these games were." I think I take back what I said last week. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they were just going to fill, and I should have. I guess I just wouldn't think. I, I didn't realize they're going to just fill the time with commercials, and it's going to be the exact same length. Like Thanks, I thought brother. the games were going to be shorter. I didn't realize that they tricked us, basically. Okay, we live in a fraudulent society, okay? So, yeah, thank you for coming back to our side. Welcome to the Hive. We're going to try to get this one reversed for next year. (laughs) But, hey, speaking of, I saw Liberty. I want to talk about Liberty for a second. I saw they had a a guy wearing a Joker mask. What was that? Oh, yeah, man, that was awesome. All right, so the student section at Liberty 
it's called the lunatics and that's basically everybody there's a smaller group called the jokers and they've been around for a long time are the jokers crazier than the lunatics yes yeah the jokers they just they paint their bodies all white and like a, a clown costume basically okay and they're at every game and they travel to a bunch of games and so i guess with the new staff which they have some great like stuff that they do like hype stuff the turnover joker mask is a new thing and I, it's playing off of that group of students which is actually really cool we picked the bowling green off five times so they got to wear that a lot it kind of blew up which was awesome like on social media so yeah. it was like Man the Flames, Jamie Chadwell starting things off well. I'm happy for you, buddy. There's a lot of a lot of excitement going on with Liberty football. Oop, Ethan's alarm just went off at eight eighteen at night. I wonder what that could be. Clock out of work. He's got a clock out of work after eight p.m. That's crazy. Florida State absolutely destroyed LSU. I did not see that one happening at all. They pounded them. They. I don't know every adjective. I was gonna say, how many book. synonyms can you use for beat? Yeah, every adjective or every verb in the book for destroying. It, it was ugly. LSU looked slower. I'm trying to think. It's not bigger, faster, stronger. They looked smaller, slower, weaker. There you go. Smaller, slower, weaker. The yeah. LSU Tigers on Sunday night against. Florida State. Like, I knew Florida State was going to be good, but they made LSU look terrible. I know it's week one, but, I mean, LSU secondaries looked awful. Their line, both offensive and defensive line, were just way better than LSU's. What was your biggest takeaway from the Florida State-LSU game? I think this was the most disappointing one for me. Oh, no. Honey, I lost you. All we know is last week, Honey was disappointed. Honey was disappointed, as she should be. We lost you there for a sec. I said I wasn't expecting the loss to be as bad as it was coming off of last season, but then I would have expected the game to be a little bit closer. Do you remember, did we write down our picks from last week? It was a bad pick. Who did I pick? Did I pick Florida State? Okay, give me me two seconds. I think I did, but I don't want to lie to the people if I didn't. Hold on, hold on. While you're doing this, I'm going to come clean. I was dead. Cade, you you were the only one that had FSU. Good call, buddy. I appreciate it. I just remember saying I thought Brian Kelly was in for a sophomore slump. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I honestly, I just, I don't think their quarterback is that great. Like, people were picking him to be better than K.J. Jefferson, and I'm just like, no way. I thought he was the second-best quarterback in the SEC, and I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I think I'm dead wrong. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree, guys. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think that the nature of that game, LSU's defense couldn't get off the field at one point. And that's just demoralizing. I get it. You have your quarterbacks and your offenses that can go blow for blow and you're in a shootout. But just kind of the way that game unfolded, it felt like kind of the tone of the game was set while LSU was on defense. Florida State was on offense. Uh, what's his name, the quarterback for us? Tra- uh, Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. We have Travis Hunter and Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. All these Travises. Wait, which one is this again? Jordan. Jordan, Jordan Travis. Travis. He was just picking them apart. That little running back for them gets four yards after contact every time he carries it. It was just LSU, like I said, was smaller, slower, weaker. There you go. Mike Norvell, UCA grad, by the way. Is the SEC overrated, guys? You had LSU, Florida, and South Carolina all lose marquee matchups against other non-conference opponents. Granted, Alabama and Georgia did not play anybody 
I digress. That was just one of my notes here. I don't think they're overrated, but South Carolina looked really bad against North Carolina. I mean, they, what's his name? The rat, <laughs> Spencer Rattler gets sacked, what, eight, maybe nine times? It's crazy. He kept them in that game, honestly. Like, he personally actually had a pretty good game. That O-line was so bad, though. I mean, it was, I rarely feel bad for 300-pound linemen. Like, it takes a lot for me to get to that point, but I felt bad for them. They just were getting whipped every <laughs> every play. I mean, the rat was the rat was terrified back there. The rat was on rat poison. He was, it looked like he was had gotten poisoned. He got poisoned. He was back there all skirmying around, all shaky, all... He was on rat poison, man. Uh, Mac Brown choked Shane Beamer after the game. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> Pulled him in. Pulled him in by the neck. Brought him in. <laughs> Said something, but yeah, Mac Brown still got it. Mac Brown, I guess Gene Chizik, the defensive coordinator at North Carolina, yeah, he's the best defense he's called in decades. Because I mean, even Auburn when they won the national championship, I wouldn't say their defense was anything to write home about. Can I just take a moment real quick to say, hey guys, I know we still got a while to go, but great episode so far. Let's keep it going. Hey, we're rolling. I, I got a few more notes here. It's <laughs> a great episode. I don't know if anybody actually cares about this, but Mississippi State is now a rushing team. Thirty nine at Tips, by the way, they only had, they only threw the ball 29 times. Will Rogers had a pretty good game, but three touchdowns, 298 yards on 39 attempts rushing. Mississippi State is a run first team now. I don't know. I like Mississippi State. My dad went there, so that that note is a little bit more for me, I think, than anybody else. I don't think anybody cares right now about Mississippi State, but and they didn't play anybody special. Petrino might be the key for A and M. Jimbo Fisher finally gave up the reins on his offense and gave it to a guy that's better at calling offense than him. And I know it was against New Mexico State, but Connor Wigman looked incredible in that game. It was New Mexico. Oh, excuse me. Not New Mexico State, but... Which one are the... Was it the Lobos? They it was played? the Lobos. It was the Lobos. That was the best I've seen an A&M quarterback. I mean, that's really sad to say. That's the best I've seen an A&M quarterback look in a really long time. No, I mean, since Johnny Menzel, probably. I, mean, I guess Kellen Mond might have had a few games. Kellen Mond was good. Actually, yeah, I'll take that. That one year that they got robbed of the playoffs, they had quarter good quarterback play. But, I mean, just I guess after on the heels of last year, this was just the first time I saw an A&M quarterback feast on a defense. He was picking them apart. His quarterback rating, I think, was one of the highest in the country this week. It's number one. Good stat there, Cade. Thank you. Cade Daniels are... Uh, I was just looking at ESPN stats as we were talking about him. Our stats correspondent. So is Honey. So we got two stat correspondents. The more data-driven we are, the better. Interesting, though, that Jimbo did give up the reins and the offense in week one seemed to work with Petrino running the things. And contrast that with Clemson. And Dabo Sweeney, he brought in Garrett Riley, who was at TCU, had a great offense last year. But he had a quote. He said, we brought Garrett Riley in to run a Clemson offense, which if you read between the lines means he's still going to do what I say. And you saw that offense struggle last night. And honestly, the last couple of years, you've seen Clemson offenses struggle. And it finally cost them in a, in a loss against Duke. We all called that wrong, by the way. And yeah. you could make the argument that Clemson still should have won that game. I mean, they had... 45 possessions within the 10-yard line of Duke, and they fumbled or missed a field goal on all of them In except the one. In the second half, Clemson never scored and never punted. That means they either missed a field goal or turned it over. That's one of the saddest stats I've ever heard in my every life. Every drive. And I, I want to contrast Dabo right now with a guy who's on the opposite end of the spectrum. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Deion Sanders. 
both I would say are player coaches in a way, but both are doing completely different. And one guy is seeing how it works. And here's why I think a lot of it is he's working within the transfer portal, right? Isn't Dabo Sweeney notoriously not a transfer portal guy? Like no, nobody on his team is really a transfer portal dude. The transfer portal is arguably the most important recruiting tool in the, the country right now. And you see that's how to win. Dabo is stuck in 2016, 2015. Is he going to change? Because I think he has to change for Clemson to still be successful. What do you guys think? I said last week, you know, Dabo, this year is about proving himself, and he uh, really took a step backwards. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I hadn't seen that quote about bringing in Garrett Riley to run the Clemson offense. If that's true, you would hope that he would just be like, all right, Garrett Riley, I'm giving you control. I'm unleashing you. But we'll see. That's It is like it's wild that they lost that game. That Leonard kid is incredible. Duke football. Yeah, my, my not Myers Leonard. That's an NBA player. Riley Leonard? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what they do. It's obviously not over. I mean, they're going to win a lot of games this year just because of their conference and talent. Yeah, we'll see if they make it to the uh, ACC championship or not based off of how things started. But anyway, so I'm here with the first special guest of the year, Drew Watsky. And for those of you that are well into the, the Heath Anderson lore, uh, you know that me and Drew Watsky, this is not our first time talking to a microphone with each other. Drew, how do we know each other originally? University of Arkansas journalism students was kind of our, our origin. We got into the KXUA game, of course, 88.3. The eclectic destination <laughs> of the Ozark. Of course. Yeah, I mean, we Razorback on air was, I think, like a full four years or I guess three and a half. Three and a half years mm-hmm. talking Razorback sports and other sports. And other sports. Yeah. But it was fun. It was I, super fun. You can make the argument it was the highest rated sports show on KXUA. You definitely can't disprove it. You that. can't disprove <laughs> it. I mean, it's it's factually correct. Right. In a way. But, man, I'm glad to glad to see you again. He's also a, an avid fan of college football as well. Loves the sport. Uh, who was your team growing up, though? I know you're an Arkansas guy more yeah. now, but who was your team growing up? I was a, I was a Texas Longhorn. God. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That it's, is weird. And growing up, I didn't even realize that Texas and Arkansas had this rivalry because I just had – I had A&M was kind of the big one for me growing up, and then OU were the two, like, that I saw as Texas rivals. Yeah. And then I get here, and everyone's like, oh, I hate Texas. And I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so it was a little – it's a little culture shock. But, yeah, my dad went there, and so I had to kind of learn – becoming an Arkansas fan to kind of let go of the Longhorns. It wasn't it wasn't a fandom that I could I could have one of each. So do you um, like the fandom though? The Razorback fandom? I I love being a Razorback. I do. And I still like if Texas is playing, then I'm probably more likely than not want them to win, but I'm not I'm not a fan. If you listen to the show, you know I'm big on Texas this year. <laughs> Texas yeah. is back, mm-hmm. finally. Well, the, and I'm going to knock on this some week, wood. Yeah, it's going to be a this good This week's test. definitely going to prove it. And we'll, we'll talk about those games here in a second. But, Drew, I want you to give me who do you think are some dark horse teams to win the national championship this year? Yeah, and I think the fact that it's still a four-year or a four-team playoff, it's still going to limit you, right? Like, yeah. next year when we do 12, you can really stretch because – You could have 16 teams. Yeah, on right. Yeah, I mean, you could, it could be anyone. But I think this year – and I told you this over text. I said, really, anyone who's not named George as a dark horse <laughs> this year. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I think a sneaky good team's probably going to be Oregon. 
But, man, it's tough for me to pick any Pac-12 team because they're so deep. Like, there's just no way you get through. I don't think there's any way any team gets through there without at least two losses. Yeah, I mean, they always beat each other. Yeah, especially this year. I mean, when, like, Oregon State is, like, legit. Yeah. (laughs) That's tough, you know. But I think Oregon's probably got the best shot out of the Pac-12 this year. I mean, this is, like, Bo Nix's, like, seventh season in college, so. He's having fun. (laughs) And he's playing well. He's playing really well. We're on the same page, by the way. Mm -hmm. I think Oregon is also the best team in the Pac-12. Both sides of the ball seem to be the best. Yeah. I think they'll steamroll Texas Tech this week, honestly. I think another good dark horse to look out for. It's so weird even calling this team a dark horse considering they're ranked number seven. (laughs) Uh, But Penn State, and I think it's because you've got Michigan and Ohio State are like the two, you know? Right, not even in the same conference, in the same division. Same division. Penn State's right there with them. But, I mean, they looked really good against West Virginia. Granted, we don't really know if West Virginia is legit. But they very well, all three of those teams, could go 1-1-1 against each other. And then at that point, it's going to be a headache for the committee. But I think Penn State's... I think they're a really good team, and I think they'll get overshadowed because of Ohio State and Michigan. I'll pick one more. I was going to go ACC, but nah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not happening. How about Tennessee, right? All right. Good team. I think Heupel's a really good coach. I like Milton as well, that that quarterback. Joe Milton's throwing nukes. (laughs) He is. I mean... It's, it's He's kind of like a Big 12-style quarterback, you know, like just wants to, I mean, run a lot of go routes. And, you know, I think they did that a lot with Hendon Hooker last year, yeah. too, and it worked. And so I think they kind of run the same kind of offense they did last year. They're going to be dangerous again. Hey, the man's, I, I don't know how to, he, he, he leaves me speechless, yeah, Joe Milton. some of those throws. <laughs> and the weird thing is, it almost seems like there's more hype around him than there was Hooker. Yeah. Last year. Mm-hmm. And that guy was, was he a Heisman finalist? Was he in New York for the, the Heisman Trophy final? Yeah, I, I believe he was. So. Um, if he didn't blow out his knee against South Carolina, he yeah. might have been. <laughs> if he didn't blow out his knee against South Carolina, they, they might have been in the playoffs. Yeah. But it just seems like there's more hype around Milton just because I, I don't think we've seen an arm like this since Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, you know, and I was eight. <laughs> I was seven years old when that guy was throwing the football. So, Yeah. That's a good one. I, I like I like Heupel. Heupel seems to be really good with any sort of quarterback, and so yeah. um, that's that's a good pick. Let's get in. Speaking of picks, mm-hmm. let's get right into picking the games for this week. You are our first guest picker. We did not have one for week one, scheduling conflicts, but your first game, it's clearly the biggest game of the week. Yeah. Texas versus Alabama. Mm-hmm. Horns? Or are you going with the Tide? I, okay, this is the stat that I found that I was is, is why I feel confident in this. Alabama's lost in Tuscaloosa twice since 2015. Eight years they have two losses. One of them was Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, LSU, which is like one of the best teams of all time. I mean, at least top three best college football teams of all time. And then the other one was that Ole Miss game in, in 2015. It was a really weird game. Like, there was, like, you know, it was, like, four fumbles. And yeah. Like, you know, just one of those. I think if Texas has a shot, it would have to be a game like that. Just a really weird game. I think Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. I think the best that we've seen him look was at, uh, against Alabama last year before he got hurt. The rest of the season, I thought he was kind of meh. And this is a different animal being on the road. So I've got the tide. I think the, I think Texas keeps it close, but I can't. I can't say they're going to win. 
Two home losses since 2015. Yeah. I would kill for that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Gosh. I'm very jealous of the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> Next up, we've got, and I think this one's going to be, this is going to be a fun one. Texas A&M versus Miami. I think it is. It's hard because we don't really know anything about either one of these teams. Miami beat up on little brother Miami, Ohio last week. And I mean, just controlled that entire game <laughs> yeah. from start to finish. And then A&M blew out New Mexico, so it's kind of hard to tell. I'm still a little weary about if this Jimbo-Bobby Petrino partnership is going to work. So far, so good. I mean, one game down, sure. <laughs> but uh, I think Miami's a much tougher opponent. And I don't know if you remember this game last year. It was also really weird. It was like a, a 13-6, to like low scoring. It was gross. Horrible offense. Like, yeah, gross. And I'm expecting the same thing this year, honestly. And I'm, I'm just going to go with the home team. I'm going to go Hurricanes. Next up, we got Ole Miss versus Tulane. Yeah, top twenty-five matchup here. The, the only other top twenty-five <laughs> matchup outside of Alabama, Texas. This one was this one's tough. I really like Ole Miss. I think um, Judkins is a really good running back, and I mean Kiffin's. He's a great coach. He is, especially from an offensive standpoint. I think Tulane is. I don't think they're undeserving of being ranked. I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down Ole Miss enough. I'm expecting a high-scoring game. I think Ole Miss is going to pull it out. Next up, we've got, ooh. <laughs> we've got oh, Iowa, yeah. Iowa State. Now, uh, let me just remind everybody, Iowa had more p- points than Ohio State last week. So the, <laughs> the offense is coming back. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this one's really weird, right? I mean, with the whole, like, apparently there were players from both sides betting on this game last year. A lot of betting in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's weird. And so, yeah, and, and this game's always weird, too, because it's a Big 12 versus Big 10. Rivalry. But, but they're in-state, and it's just, it's always a weird game. Um, I, I'm going to go with Iowa State. I think that's... Probably not the popular pick. I think Iowa's the smarter pick, but I think Iowa State, it's a rivalry game. And so I'm going to give them the edge. Matt Campbell pulls it out. Going with the Cyclones. Mm-hmm. Huh? And this is kind of a, this is an important year for, for Matt Campbell as it far is. as being the coach of Iowa State is. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think this, is a, this is an important game for him to win. I mean, he's got he's to at least get to seven, probably eight wins, I think, unless he's on the hot seat. Oregon versus Texas Tech. Obviously, it would have been a bigger matchup last week. Right. But yeah. Texas Tech lost to Nevada. Great ending to that Wyoming. game, by the way. The Wyoming, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Once we get out west, I get a little. Yeah, right. It's they all, all just kind of run, run together. They're all, they're all Mountain West teams, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, who do you like? Oregon versus Texas Tech. I think I know your answer, but please give me your analysis. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be Oregon. I mean, I, I'm sure Texas Tech is going to come out with a little bit of fire after a pretty upsetting first week, um, and and they're at home. It's their home opener, but I think Oregon's too fast and too physical for Tech. Although I've been hearing some people say we, you know, you get that wounded dog mentality out right. of Texas Tech, and when you're when you're in that wounded dog mentality, anything can happen. This is our last game. I might even I might throw a bonus one in okay. here for you after <laughs> this. But on paper, this is our last game: Wisconsin versus Washington State. I'm actually really looking forward to this game. I am too, and I I had to take some time to research this one because I was like, I don't know anything about either <laughs> one of these teams. Yeah, I say I'm looking forward to this. I couldn't tell you one single name on <laughs> Washington Washington State. Cougar. And here's the thing. 
when I first saw that, I said, I think I'm going to go Washington State. Just kind of off of feel, right? And then I went and looked at Wisconsin, and they've got, um, and I'm blanking on his first name. Maybe it'll come to me, but Simonek is his last name. And he's a former Texas Tech quarterback. Uh, and he was good. He can sling it. And I cannot, I mean, can you remember the last time Wisconsin had a quarterback that could actually throw the football? I, Russell Wilson? Yeah, maybe? Right? <laughs> like it's been a while. So I'm like, if, I mean, if he's there and then they always have a running back, right? Wisconsin, you've, you've got a Melvin Gordon or a Monte Ball or a Jonathan yeah. Taylor. And they've got Braylon Allen, who's just as good as those. He didn't even lead the team in rushing last week. They've got this other guy who outpaced him. So I'm like, if they have two Jonathan Taylors plus a quarterback who can throw it, and I think Luke Fickle's a really good coach. Yeah, Luke Fickle, I remember every week. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the the Wisconsin coach. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm going to go against my gut, and I'm going to say I think it's going to be a Wisconsin win out there. Because you know their defense is always going to be good. And yeah. Washington State put up 50-something points last week against Colorado State. But this is a different animal. Yeah, you're right. All right, I am going to give you a bonus one. You okay. ready for this? Mm-hmm. This is, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be close. Uh, Colorado versus Nebraska. Yeah, oh my gosh. I mean... Nebraska is now a three-point underdog after last week being a 11-point favorite. <laughs> so. Yeah. Things have changed in a hurry. I mean, ESPN is having a field day with Colorado. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, so many storylines. I'm going to try to just take all of that out of it, right? We just go off of eye test. Nebraska completely blew it against Minnesota last week. They should have won that game. Boy, what a what a <laughs> cursed team that <laughs> what is. What a, I mean, you thought with Scott Frost gone, they wouldn't have any more of those. And then, I mean, in Matt Rule's first game it was it was like it <laughs> felt like a scott frost it was game, clockwork you know, right man. yeah it was like how do you lose this many one score games oh man at in like without one win <laughs> <laughs> and so i mean it's if it was at nebraska then i think it'd be even more intriguing it's at colorado that's gonna be a tough road matchup for nebraska but i think you're right i think i think a lot of people are assuming because of Colorado's performance in Fort Worth, they're just going to steamroll Nebraska. I don't see that happening. I think Nebraska's got a better defense than TCU. I, I don't think Shadur Sanders is going to throw for 500 yards again. But I, I don't know if Nebraska has the offense to really stick with them. So I, I would go, I'm going to go Colorado like a, a 35-27 kind of game. Drew, thank you for being on the program, brother. Man. I had fun. I would do this every week if you'd let oh, me. Man. So hopefully it's not my last appearance. <laughs> it definitely won't be. And uh, there there might be. I, I'm not going to reveal anything yet. But, you know, you might be on a podcast here coming soon. Yeah. A whole a non, different podcast. Non-sports related podcast. <laughs> yeah. A little teaser. A little teaser for the people there. You know? That's, right. that's what we're That's what we're working on. Teasers here. Drew, hope you have a good rest of your night, buddy. Hey, take it easy. So we got about 10 minutes left here on the Zoom call, so let's get right into picks. I went 4-4 four and four last week. I think, Honey, you went 4-4 four and four last week. Ethan, I think you went 4-4. Four and four. Cade, you went 5-3, and three, though, with that FSU pick. Good call on that one. So Cade has the lead heading into week two, but we got a lot of fun matchups. Our first one, big one, in Tuscaloosa. It was a close game last year. Texas at Alabama. 
Cade, as always, let's start with you. Who do you like in this game? I'm going Bama. Texas ended up pulling away against Rice, but honestly, Rice kind of put up a fight. If you're going to struggle with, with food while you're at home, you're going to really struggle in, in uh, Tuscaloosa. Ethan, who do you like in this one? I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide of Alabama. It's a big task for Texas to try and go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and win. You know, after the weekend the SEC had in their big games, I'd be tempted to pick maybe if this was like a high-profile team from the ACC or Pac-12, but I just still think the Big 12 is... Big 12 <laughs> Too big 12 Honey, who do we like? I'm also going with Bama. Similar reasons to Cade, but Texas just had a rough beginning, and I mean, Rice is not even be like any other team and blow them out. I'm going to go – I cannot say Texas is back and not pick them to beat Alabama. So I've never done this before in my life, but horns up. Horns up going into this weekend as they roll into Tuscaloosa. Why? Because I got I got to roll with my guys. I think they're going to win the Big 12, and um, I think this is going to be kind of a statement win for Texas. Next up, Texas A&M versus Miami. Weird game last year. Texas A&M won. Controlled that game pretty much the whole way, but it was ugly. Cade, who do you like in this one? I'm going A&M. I think their offense just looks really good. I mean, their their talent. I mean, I mean, the whole team looked good, honestly. Obviously, they only played New Mexico, but and Miami won big two. But I just doubt at this point in the year that you can keep up with that firepower. I think this game is going to come down to Texas A&M offense versus Miami defense because I think the the quarterback receiving connection is just too good for A&M. You're going to go A&M. Uh, Ethan is Googling Miami Hurricanes over here. I just didn't know what they did in week one because I haven't heard about the U in a hot minute, they, to be honest. They absolutely dominated Miami, Ohio. Congratulations to Miami for for claiming a victory over the other Miami. Tried, to, I guess, maybe, I don't know where I'm going with this, but maybe <laughs> now that the Florida one beat the Ohio one, the Ohio one should have to give up the name Miami. All right, that being said, if A&M last year with that booty cheeks team they had beat Miami while it was, like, I think ranked, like, top 20. Another booty cheeks team. Another booty. It turned out to be booty cheeks. It was the battle of the booty cheeks last year. This year it's the (laughs) battle of the actually probably good against the booty cheeks still, so I'm going with A&M. I wouldn't call Miami booty cheeks. I think what you saw against Miami, Ohio, was that, yeah, they are are dominant. They're physical. and I think Mario Cristobal has that team going in the right direction. And this game is in Miami. And I, I think I'm going to go Canes. Go Hurricanes. A&M is good. But I think on the road, Miami is going to be feeling it. I don't know where I'm going with that. But they're going to be feeling it. I like I like Miami in that one. So I'm going to go Miami. Next up we have, ooh, this is a fun one. Ole Miss versus Tulane. Top 25 matchup. I'm going Tulane. Ooh. I think uh, it's set up for a big week for them. I mean, their quarterback... Was it Michael Pratt was insane versus in the week one. He was 14 for 15, 294 yards, four touchdowns. Very impressive versus South Alabama, which, you know, average Sunbelt team, you know, so it's not great, but that's still decent competition, you know, better than Mercer, who all misplayed. It's at Tulane. So I, I think they're going to get the win. The thing is, if Tulane, if Tulane is able to win out, and I think also there's an edge to them, a mental edge. This is a huge game on their schedule, biggest game on their schedule. And if they can win out, they're going to the playoff. This is for them is the playoff or not the playoff. 
and I think they're going to be mentally prepared. I'm going with Ole Miss just because I want to trust in the competition of the SEC. This is a game that I'm going to go on a limb and pull. Oh, I'm going to pull the upset to happen. I think that Tulane is Tulane, and they don't care who you are on the other side because they're Tulane. They showed it last year in that game against USC, the bowl game, and they're going to show it this Saturday against Ole Miss that the green wave is rolling and nobody can stop it. I like Ole Miss in this one. I think Ole Miss is a legitimately good team. Jackson Dart is playing well. They've got maybe the best running back in the country in Quinchon Judkins. And so I like I like Ole Miss in this one. All right, we're gonna we're gonna speed through these last ones. We have lost Honey. I don't know where Honey is, but she is off the Zoom call. But we need to zoom through these because we're running out of time here. So, Cade, who do you like in this next game? It is. Hold on. I've got to find it. Where is it? Where are my matchups? <laughs> and what a what a what a underwhelming thing to say. Iowa State, Iowa. <laughs> Uh, like? Quickly, Cade. I'm going Iowa, elite defense. Ethan. I'm going Iowa, superb defense. I'm going Iowa, who scored more points than Ohio State last week. Next up, Oregon versus Texas Tech. Would have been such a much better game if Texas Tech did not lose. Oregon, going to be bodacious. Ethan. Oregon, that duck's going to be doing a lot of push-ups. Texas Tech. Nope. Oregon. Oregon's the best team in the Pac-12. Uh, Wisconsin versus Washington State, underrated. Maybe the best matchup besides Alabama-Texas of the of the weekend. Cade. I'm going Wisconsin. Probably some growing pains with new offense, but still Wisconsin. Ethan. I'm going with Washington State. Welcome to Pullman. Me. Okay. I was about to say, honey, we'll get her picks later. I'm going to go Wisconsin. I always forget that Luke Fickle is the coach there now, but he is, and they're pretty good. I think they're going to win the Big Ten West. Let's go. Wisconsin. All right, bonus game. Colorado versus Nebraska. Cade. I'm going Nebraska. I think yes. they're better than the line of the scrimmage. Ethan. Colorado. You should have learned last week. Don't count Deion Sanders out. You doubt him. He's going to prove you wrong. They're winning the natty. I also like Nebraska in this one. Why? Because I I don't know. I'm just I'm still going to be that guy. And Nebraska is going to keep it close and they're going to have a chance to win this game. So I'm going to I'm going to Push for the Cornhuskers in this one. All right, that's it. We're doing good. I had one more note on here. Sam Pittman's breasts is what I put on here. There's a picture of them, and it is a very unflattering picture with the Huckabees. But that was the last note I had on my thing, so I had to put it in there. But we support our boy Sam Pittman. He's got a great program there. Kay, do you have anything you want to say? I'm very excited for another great week. Thank you for not even addressing Sam Pittman's breasts. I appreciate you in that. All right, everybody, have a good weekend.